Good morning. How many times have you heard a message on the, on the uh, triumphal entry into Jerusalem? If we read in the Psalm, uh, Psalms, in, in the Gospels, we, we can find four different pictures of the triumphal entry. And every one of them are a little different. I did... I went through them here last two, three weeks, looking at the differences in them. And it's amazing, just the little different nuances that, that, that there are from each of the gospel writers. And I believe that if each of us would have been there for the, um, for the triumphal entry, that we would all picked out something different to remember about it. So... Looking at that, let us, uh, if, you ha- if you're able to stand, we're going to read from Matthew, the Matthew's account of the triumphal entry, Matthew 21. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to follow along. Matthew 21, starting with verse 1. When they approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, actually prophet uh, Zechariah, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a a beast of burden. The disciples went, did just as Jesus had instructed them, and brought the donkeys, excuse me, the donkey and the colt, and laid their coats on them, and he sat sat on on the coats. Most of the crowd spread their coats on the road, and and others were cutting branches from trees, spreading them in the road, the crowds going ahead of them, and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Then he had, when he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds are saying, this is the prophet, Jesus, the Nazarene. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, open our lives, help us to focus on who you are in this, in this time. And Lord, that we could examine our own hearts to see where we are in our walk with you. As we see this time of Jesus' life when he was preparing to give up his life for our sin. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We do the clip. You may be seated. Is this Jesus of Nazareth? He's a prophet, a great prophet. A prophet? On a donkey? Blessings to the healing of the sick! You have come to deliver 
Which one of those people were you? He's a prophet? One of, the, one of the religious leaders looking down upon this Jesus coming in? And I don't know what they were thinking, but probably not very good things. Uh, one, of the, uh, uh, one of the military people? Wondering what kind of chaos that they were going to have to deal with? Which one are you? Which one are you? I gave uh, uh, Augsburger, a man by the name of Augsburger, says... About this, about this time, it says, this is the inauguration of the Prince of Peace as King of Kings. Interesting, huh? And this, 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 this time in Jesus' life where, where we know that he was prepared for, that he was, and we'll talk about a little later too, that exactly the right time this happened, that Jesus came into Jerusalem and he was ready to give up his life for you and for me. And... Uh, and, and we'll talk about it as we go. But let's look here at this morning at the king. Uh, the king comes in peace, and basically he is peace, isn't he? Uh, Jesus comes from a no-name town. We know that anything good come out of Nazareth. Uh, I did a little checking into it in this very small town. Um, uh, I don't know, 30 acres, if that means anything to, to you guys. But, so that's pretty small. Uh, my hometown probably has 100 people in it. Uh, less than that, I, I guess we just looked not long ago, and it's, the population is down under 50. But the, but the mass, the, the area that that town covers is about 30 acres. And, uh, and, and they, they're thinking that Jerusalem here, uh, Jerusalem, uh, Nazareth had about 400 people on it during the time, in it during the time of Jesus. Um, okay, he comes from a no-name town, and he gets his donkey from a, from a town... The only place, the only time it's mentioned in the Bible is for the triumphal entry to get the donkey out. That interesting. So here, this this king coming, the Messiah is coming. Very insignificant in where he's coming from, and and where he gets his donkey from, and yet he is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The, coming from a humble, simple, insignificant place. And we read in, in, in uh, Philippians talking about this Jesus who was humble. Uh, he gave up his right, uh, his rights as, as a Messiah to come and to pay for our 
sin. The donkey that is riding, it's kind of interesting that, that, that one guy said, no prophet has ever come or no king has ever come riding on a donkey. And I just I thought it was kind of just his inflection was kind of funny to me anyway. And, and it talks about that, that the, this, this um, donkey is a symbol of humility and a simple, simple beast of burden. And you realize this is the only time in re- gospels, in recording the gospels, that Jesus ever rode on anything. He always walked. The last week of his life, he rides a donkey. It's a symbol of peace. Donkey is not the normal a ride for the kings. The, uh, the kings rode on the most beautiful horses and, and decorated horses and, and, and it usually it was when they were coming back from, from a winning a victory in war. As we read in Isaiah, oh, let's look at Isaiah 9 talking about uh, the picture of a Davidic royalty that's Jesus coming in this way. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to uh, Isaiah 9, uh, 6 through 7. It says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given, and his government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal God, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace, on the throne of David and over the kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will, be, will, be, will accomplish this. That speaking of David coming in the name of the Lord. Uh, I mean, excuse me, yeah, Jesus coming is a, a picture of Davidic royalty. Since that time until... Uh, Time of Solomon, I guess before the time of Solomon, sometimes a king would ride on a donkey, but from the time of Solomon till now, no king had ever written, ridden, ridden on a donkey. The Prince of Peace. Jesus come, came on, on Palm Sunday to be peace, to show peace, to give peace. Jesus desires to give you peace to everyone who will humble themselves before him. In John uh, 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. This is what Jesus desires to give to every man, woman, and child that will follow him, this peace. And that's what Jesus wants for you. What is peace? Have you ever thought about what is peace? Uh, you can, um, I've seen some uh, illustrations where this beautiful glass lake, you know, up in the mountains, all you see is just, just no ripples on it at all. You can see the reflection on the other side, just perfection. Another, another illustration talks about this, this uh, uh, bird sitting under a, a rushing waterfall, but her, her nest is under there, and she's sitting on her nest, and she has perfect peace being there, but the water is rushing all around her coming over the waterfall. Picture of the, the chaos of this world. And yet, the peace of heart that we have. Is that you when you're going through troubled times? Because we're all going to go through troubled times. 
It's it just, your heart is just very peaceful during those troubled times, or are you anxious? I think about one of the neatest times in my life, uh, feeling, feeling this sense of peace was um, December 1st, um, 1996, I believe it was, sitting with my dad as he was passing away. Just that beautiful peace uh, of, 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 of a man who loved Jesus. And I was lay, sit, sitting by him, he was in his bed, and I had, had my hand on his forearm, my left hand on his forearm. I can picture that night, and he just slept away. One moment his heart was beating, the next moment it wasn't. The peace that we can have as we walk into the presence of the living king. That's the kind of peace he wants to give us. That's what he came for. Secondly, the king is acclaimed by the people. The people followed Jesus. Many were following Jesus for the wrong reason. Healing, to see miracles. Uh, we heard in that video where they were saying, well, he, he raised Lazarus from the dead. That's why they were following him. They wanted an earthly king to overthrow the Roman government. That's what a lot of these people wanted. They were sick and tired of being, having this Roman government looking over their shoulder all the time. I don't think that many of them were looking for, for, to overthrow the religious establishment. But really, that's what Jesus was doing. Partly, <coughs> he was saying, you're insignificant now. We don't need priests anymore. After I sacrifice, I'm sacrificed, priests are insignificant. Because they don't have to do all the sacrifices. Because we can come directly to Jesus. I wonder if, if there's a lot of people today that are even proclaiming to be believers, might sound sarcastic, but I'll, I'll uh, stick by that, but thinking that they, they're following Jesus for the purpose of straightening Washington, D.C. out. Or straightening out St. Paul or the local city hall or the local school boards. That's not what Jesus came for. He came to straighten out one person at a time. And I feel very strongly that, that, that if each of us who proclaim the name of Jesus are living out our lives in public and telling people about Jesus, that these things can happen, that the government can be changed I, I believe that that's very, very true, even though, but, uh, but the worst thing right now that's going to happen to us if we, if we do stand up for Jesus and, and speak and go to meetings and start to stand up for Jesus, we'll be marginalized. Uh, maybe now, maybe now, if we, if we don't do that soon, it might be the case when we do it a few years from now that we'll be put in jail. But right now, we still have that opportunity, even though we might be laughed at. We still need to come to the point where we're willing to stand up for who Jesus is. The praise Jesus was getting on the first Sunday was from a lot of excited people. It is said that they believe that there's a bunch of people coming with him from Bethany. And then there was when they, and the people in 
in Jerusalem heard it, they started coming out to see what was going on. Because, you know, it was festival time. It was coming up to Passover. Um, it's kind of interesting because they say Jerusalem maybe had 40,000 people in it, but during Passover, during festivals, some, some historians say they're up to 250,000. So you're looking at up to six times as many people. Can you think of the, 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 the mess that would have been, uh, you know, but then this, this excitement coming, Jesus is coming, and, and people go out to see who this guy is, and they're coming out, and so there's probably two groups of people coming together. Maybe some of each of the group were hoping that this was a true Messiah. And in that video, short video clip too, there's this one guy that was kneeling, putting his, his coat down and saying, speaking about this Messiah as the Messiah. It's excited people. It's kind of interesting how quickly many people come together. I think about, we, we've noticed that in our land during the last few years about the riots that come so quickly. People come together. I think about athletic contests. I think about uh, a couple weeks ago, whatever it was, the national championship of basketball, 70,600 people came to watch a basketball game and probably about 50,000 50, of them couldn't figure out who, who, who was down there because they were so small, they were so far away, but they still come because they want to be a part of the excitement. I think about um, uh, th this, uh, the Masters now, the golf. How many hundreds of people come to watch people hit a little ball around? It's, it's, it's amazing how they can hit that ball with accuracy because I'd never been able to do that. But, but, but all these people come to f see these people, follow these, these so-called uh, uh, heroes, I don't know what you call them, but around uh, 18 holes of golf. So what are we following? What are you following today? What is the thing that excites you about life? Is it Jesus or is there something else in life? As I, I don't like using the word getting older, but I use the word as I mature. Heaven seems to be a whole lot more exciting to me than it used to be. I have friends dying of my age, another friend that his cancer has come back again and and. And um, uh, it just kind of, it kind of says, okay, yeah, one day at a time. I got to know this guy. My son, um, special needs son, works in a, in a, taking tickets at a movie theater. <clears throat> and the security guard, interesting young man, about 35, 36 years old. And he has a lot of medical needs, and we talk. I usually try to get there early to pick up my son so I can just spend some time talking to him. Uh, a man that's from... Iraq originally, but he has a lot of medical needs. His, his kidneys have a problem, and, and he's because when he was over in Iraq, he got involved in a lot of the uh, car bombing, so he has problems with his, his head and, and a lot of different things. But, but he's an interesting guy, to, and it's fun to talk to him about what life is all about. Grew up as a Muslim, not anymore. Says it's a bunch of junk. That's, that's his own words, okay? But in any, we, we've talked off and on about spiritual things, but talking about one day at a time, you know, because um, he just has a lot of medical problems. So what is your focus? Where are you at today? Are you focusing on Jesus and what he has for you in your life here on this earth? And that person that he wants you to build a relationship with, 
to share Jesus with or to bring them to somebody who can share Jesus with them. That's what we're all about. That's what we're supposed to be all about. That's what life is supposed to be about, is serving Jesus. Yeah, we have to make money to put food on the table, but uh, we look at a lot of other countries, we have a whole lot more food on our tables than most people have in a lifetime. Going on, the king is crowned with praise. It's a time of Jesus, uh, it was a time for Jesus to be praised as a Messiah. As I said before, this is the appointed time. He knew that this was a time was going to happen. Um, we're not going to turn to it, but Luke nine fifty one talks about Jesus resolutely set his, his face, some translations said, to go to Jerusalem for this occasion. There's a, a large part of the Gospels as, as that last part of his life as he's coming towards Jerusalem. He was focused on fulfilling his mission, his purpose for which he came to the earth to accomplish. He told his disciples to get, um, as, as the, that morning, I'm jumping around here, but as that, that day as he was coming to Jerusalem, he told his disciples, they had left Bethany, and it says they were by the Mount of Olives, and Bethphage was right there, Go get this, this, this donkey that had never been ridden before. Disciples, maybe, were starting to catch on. They put their outer coats on the donkeys. And it said it is a sign of respect. And then I really would encourage you to, to turn with me. As, they were, as, as he was just getting on the donkey, this is the way I'm, I'm looking at it in my mind, and, and he's right there uh, in a high spot where Mount of Olives was. But let's look at Luke 19. I don't know if we talk much about this, but this has always been a verse that has always caught my attention. But he is just, uh, I believe, just getting on the donkey, and he's looking because if you've ever been to Israel, the Mount of Olives is, uh, Olives is on this hill just a little bit past Bethany. And then you go down into the Kidron Valley, and then you have to go back up to Jerusalem, okay? But on Mount of Olives, you're looking over at the city of Jerusalem. You're, you're, you're a little higher than the city of Jerusalem, so you kind of look, you can see a lot of it from over there. And what, is, what does this say in, in, uh, in um, uh, Luke here, 1941? It says... Jesus, when he approached Jerusalem, um, I believe that's where he's up. He's, he's up there can he, so he can see it. He saw the city and he wept. He saw, there, there's some other verses talking about that, that people didn't recognize that he was coming as the Messiah. Okay? But he wept over the, the lostness and, and, and the blindness of these people. And I think about this, this, this Messiah, uh, he, 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 would, he had the ability, he had the power to just to change everybody and to be followers of his. But that's not how we're made. We have this terrible ability to say, I don't want to follow him. What kind of heart do you have 
for the people around you. Have you ever wept over the lostness of a friend? As he continued towards Jerusalem, the people were treating him as royalty. Uh, John, in John 12 is where the, where the uh, John's picture of the, of, of the triumphal entry is. And here, that's where it says they used palm branches and put on the road. Other places, it talks about just taking uh, branches out of, out of fields and laying down in the coats. Uh, they, they, they were a symbol of victory, actually, the palm branches were. A triumph, peace, eternal, uh, originating <coughs> from the Middle East or the Near East. Palm branches were used when David came back from victorious wars. They would lay them out for, for King David. The people were pro- proclaiming with excitement, Hosanna, uh, great sal- greatest salvation, all hail. Hundreds, even thousands, got involved in this time of proclamation. Jesus is the Messiah, the son of David. Uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, comes from Psalm 118. Hosanna to the highest. Brought a lot of attention to Jesus. Many followed. Many grumbled. Religious leaders were grumbling because they were losing their power over the people because of this Messiah, this Jesus. Many wanted to do away with Jesus, kill him. (laughs) How do you praise Jesus today, this Palm Sunday? As Messiah? Did you come today to praise him, to worship him, to focus on who he is? You see, as we come before him, as worship service, adoration is is what we're talking about, praise and adoration, is to focus on his attributes, who he is. So often people come to church services to get something. So they feel good, or get excited, or, 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 get, or get jacked up for something. Worship, the picture of worship is to come and focus on God and give him the praise and the glory for who he is. I believe when we get to that point, all the other things are going to happen in our lives. The, the praise and the honor that we give to him is going to be reflected and we're going to have the ability because of his Holy Spirit to be used by him in the everyday world. Thinking, at this large, thinking of this large crowd again, it's kind of interesting because Palm Sunday, five days later, Probably some of the same people were saying, Hosanna to the son of David will be yelling, crucify him. We know that even some of his disciples switched back and forth. In that they, 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 they one moment they were, were yelling uh, praises to him or saying praises to him, and then they ran away. 
So where are you today? We know the whole story. They didn't. The disciples didn't know this whole story. Are you willing to stand up for Jesus? Not just yell, praise you today, and then the rest of the week, reject him. Don't let anybody know that you love him. Heavenly Father, as, we, as we've looked at this account of your entry into Jerusalem, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would uh, remind us of our need to follow you, not just for this glorious moment, but for every moment of every day that you give us. That we would praise and adore you for who you are. That we would praise you for every moment that you give us on this side of eternity to worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.